It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. All right, good to have you back with us for hour number two of our show. Russell and Medhurst. Pete on his way to Denver to call Navy football versus Air Force. In just a minute, we're going to be joined by Sean and RJ from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, our sister station, Odyssey. You can always listen to them. Uh, They interview Jerry Jones every week, a very popular morning show in Big D. Uh, We're going to do a live crosstalk simulcast here as soon as they are back and set up. Uh, And we're going to basically talk to each other, if you will. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this little spin as it is Dallas week. Cowboys, Commanders, you know, Sean, obviously from up here. Many of you know his voice, know his name. Up here, grew up a Redskins fan. Uh, So from here. Oh, what? Did I just say the wrong (laughs) thing? Are you allowed to say the R word around Uh, there? Yes, of course I am. Hello, Sean. Oh, what's up? Sean and RJ with Chris Russell uh, right here on 105.3 The Fan. What's been the Dallas buildup this week? We, we, we had Theismann on yesterday. Yeah, I heard but, that. Uh, of course, you know, it feels a little bit different from, from when I grew up around it. Right. All right. So so here's the deal. We, Pete and I did this thing, uh, and Pete's flying to Denver right now, so I'm flying solo because he's got to do Navy football tomorrow. We did this thing, and we asked out of the shoot, is Dallas Week dead? Because you know around here they call it Dallas Week. I, right. I, don't, I don't think they call it down uh, Washington Week down there, okay? Uh, because the Cowboys almost view the Commanders, Walruses, Walnuts, Washington football team, Redskins like a, like a nuisance, like a gnat, okay? So around here we still call it Dallas Week for whatever, and I said Dallas week is dead or it's on life support and what i meant by that is it's still a rivalry right it's still a division game so of course it means something but it's nowhere near what it used to mean because the two teams both of them throw up all over themselves in any chance they get in the postseason one and two they haven't had simultaneous regular season success with the exception of the one year i can remember in 2012 when they battled for the division crown in week 17, game 16, Sunday night football at the end of December, and the then Redskins won that game with RG3 and Alfred Morris and what have you and won the division crown. That was the one year that they've had like simultaneous regular season success. So to me, I think this whole Dallas Week nonsense is on life support, if not dead. So we put up a poll question yesterday, 7,300 votes on mm-hmm. Twitter in terms of who uh, the Cowboys rivalry is considered to be 91% voted Philly. Yeah. 5%. I'm surprised it wasn't the Giants second. 5% Washington, 4% the Giants. Yeah. But it's all Philly right now. I, I mean, that that is like that makes sense to me from a Philly perspective and a 91% perspective. I, you know, I thought you were going to say Washington didn't even get a vote. Yeah. Right? You know, or, or a percentage. <laughs> because, again, the... the whatever you want to call them, Washington, let's just simplify it, is so inconsequential in the minds, at least from my perspective, in the minds of the Cowboys and Cowboys Nation and Cowboys fans, why would you care about anything that Washington is doing? I know they beat them twice, meaning Washington, in 2020. That was with Ben freaking Danucci and the fourth-string <laughs> quarterback, for crying out loud. I know Andy Dalton played on Thanksgiving. I got it. I, I, I'm, not tona, I'm not trying to totally dismiss it, but again, the point of the matter is, you know, for, like to me, you guys have issues that you're dealing with coming off of a short week, two and one, Cooper Rush, getting some guys back, all that. We'll get into that. Washington around here, forget the Cowboys, forget Dallas week, forget the stupid black uniforms, figure out how to get some offense in the first half for crying out loud. <laughs> what is worse, the uh, front office or the poop pipes at the stadium? 
<laughs> we have a theory, by the way, Chris. RJ yeah. has a theory that Snyder is is allowing. He's doing it on purpose he's to trying get a new to stadium. Sa- he's trying to sabotage the stadium to yeah. get a new one. To get a new one. That's not a bad. I, I, it's not wh- a bad theory, wh- is it? Wait, what does your buddy Jerry think about that? Ooh, Ooh, we didn't ask Jerry. Jerry will be on today at ten thirty. Oh. But he always he always defends Snyder. Well, I know because they're best friends. And yeah. and and speaking of which, so. Uh, before we get into the rest of the game, guys, this has been my mantra forever. Okay, I wanted to write an un- I wanted to write at one point an authorized biography about Dan Snyder because I worked for the man for five years, right? And he treated me fine. Okay, uh, but I wanted Jerry to do the foreword, and I got word that he would do it right because I found out that long ago that they were like best friends, yeah. and this is what I think. Like for every Commanders fan, for every media person, NFL person, whatever. That is like angry at Dan, frustrated with Dan, whatever. Until Jerry drops his defense and his his patronage, if you will, of Dan, his defense of Dan, the Dan defense. Until Jerry walks away and turns his back on him, Dan ain't going nowhere, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I I think if if you could pick any owner and get rid of them and judge Mm. the parade that would be thrown in the city, like Sarver and the Suns, that reaction... Nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Right. Snyder is the number one right. C. But but Chris, let's talk about where you guys but, but are. You, but you guys agree until Jerry turns his back on Dan, Dan's not going anywhere, which may be a good thing for the Cowboys, right? Yeah, and also none of these owners want all their yeah. S exposed. Right. Exactly. Right? So they don't want to start turning on each other and exactly. then say, Oh, okay, we'll go ahead and and blow your spot up. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, the feeling towards the team, does it feel like it's same old, same old Washington after the week one win against Jacksonville? And, and where are things with Carson Wentz as the future quarterback? Yeah, I mean, there was some optimism, of course, after that week one win. I'll tell you guys, I don't know if, how much of that game you guys got to see. They should have lost that game. The commander should be 0-3. Wentz was, Wentz was great early in that game and great late in that game and horrible in between. I mean, there was a 26-play stretch where they got 89 total net yards, three turnovers, and a sack, and a couple of penalties. And one of the turnovers wasn't on him, but two were, and they were horrific, okay? Uh, and, And in the first half against Detroit Week 2, he was absolutely dreadful. So was the offensive line. So was the game plan. So was the defense. Last week against the Eagles, he was dreadful all the way throughout, with the exception of one throw. A 45-yard dart down the sideline to Terry McLaurin, but absolutely dreadful throughout. Got sacked nine times. It should have been 11 or 12, quite honestly. It wasn't, but it was nine, plenty. Uh, And right now, this commander's team, guys, uh, clearly their defense has issues, but I got to say, like everyone was in love with their offense after the first two weeks, which I thought was a misnomer because, again, I kept pointing out bad first half in Detroit, zero points. They were down 22 nothing, 5-3 and out, sack, safety, whatever, and the Jacksonville stretch that I just mentioned. And now everybody found out, oh, wait a second. This is what that lunatic was talking about. Yeah. Now, so, so until Carson Wentz, the Scott Turner, North Turner son, uh, who's the offensive coordinator and play caller until the commanders who don't who seem to have an aversion to targeting Terry McLaurin in the first half until they figure it out and figure out how to move the football sustainably and stay on the field and uh, and run the ball better and 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 get their targets involved early and often and put pressure on a defense in the first half. I until I see it with my eyes, I can't worry about how the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to win this game. They are going to win this game unless the Cowboys crap in their pants. 
<laughs> what uh, what's Wentz do well? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he throws the deep ball really well. I mean, again, I okay. mentioned a 45-yard strike to Terry McLaurin down the sideline uh, last week. That was the one good throw he made all game. The one good throw he made all game. Everything else is an absolute show is, yeah. is the best way I could put it to be nice. I mean, short game, he's not good at. He's never been good at it. This was part of my objection to getting him. In the NFL, you guys know this, right? Whether it's Dak, whether it's uh, uh, um, um, Cooper Rush, whether it's Jerry at quarterback, right? You have to be able to be good in the short and the quick passing game. Carson Wentz not good in that area. He has a cannon. He has a howitzer. And if you can get Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson, the rookie from Penn State, mid-first-round pick, against Trayvon Diggs on a double move or on a vertical route, maybe he maybe he can light up the scoreboard at AT&T on Sunday. But until I see, again, him be proficient in terms of getting the ball out of his hands, which, he's, which he isn't and he hasn't been for years, until I see him being better in the short passing game, guys, I, I, I have zero faith. <laughs> and this is not an overreaction to last week because I was the dude, I was the idiot that screamed before they made the trade. The one person I did not want to see in Washington, D.C. as quarterback was Carson Wentz. Oh, what a glowing endorsement. Russell and Medhurst from the team 980 in D.C. We're cross-talking right here on Sean and RJ, 105.3 The Fan, uh, your home of America's team. What should we be worried wait, wait, about? Wait, 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 wait. I got to jump in here. <laughs> you know I love you. RJ, I don't know how you put up with him every day. But the, the whole America's team is just such nonsense. Well, no, it's, it's just it's nonsense. It's a technical term. It's technical. And it, it, it could be it's a, technical. It's a technical term that you could wipe your patootie with. Chris, okay? who owns I, all the first take topics and who dominates all the Sunday night ratings? Who is number one, I, even though we haven't done squat in 25 well, years? What's the answer? That's just my point is everybody talks and hypes and and, and all the Dallas Cowboys. And Stephen A. Smith is made, making $10 million a year. Like, he needs another job like he got here with Odyssey. He ain't making $10 million a year living off of the Cowboys. And meanwhile, they throw up all over themselves in every big spot that they get. Wait, Stephen A. Smith is with Odyssey now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? He's no. an insider? I didn't know. Well, no, he's doing like three podcasts a week. I, I oh, mean, I, okay. I, you know, I, like he needed another job. Okay. But anyway, my point being is he lives off of the. I understand the ratings. I understand the eyeballs. Why do you think the commanders are wearing black uniforms this week? It's because, yep. You know, facing the Cowboys. Yes, it's to get the most eyeballs on them because they're taking pre sales now for them. Instead of bringing down the stupid benches in retaliation, <laughs> which they did last December 26th, this was their answer. To Mar- Why do they always want to play down in Dallas on Thanksgiving when the NFL allows it? It's because that's the most eyeballs. So I get it. I understand that. But I, to me, like, I don't know. Hey, if, America- you took that, if you took that same poll in, in D.C. towards the rival, would we be one or would Philly be one? No, I Aided. think. I, I think the Cowboys would be one. Okay. But 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 I would say surprisingly there's been a lot of people sentiment for the first time ever agreeing with me this week on Twitter and on the phones yesterday that Dallas week is on life you know you know how they call it Dallas which again you guys don't call it Washington week. Right. Okay, call it Dallas week that it's on life support or it's dead because again no playoff success for either team and it, there hasn't even been the simultaneous regular season success. The one thing I'll say, the Cowboys, tremendous, a, a lot of regular season success, right? 
I mean, but but just no postseason success right. in the last quarter. Washington, as you guys know, has had way less regular Do you guys season need a success. Time to be out. Does it feel like a culture change finally under Rivera and and Del Rio, or does it still feel toxic? Oh, it feel I, I you know it it felt good in 2020, like there was a changing of the guard. And I think Ron has brought some level of respectability to the organization What'd and dignity, say? but it's just not enough because the winning has, has hasn't hasn't been there, and because they've made so many mistakes in in so many other ways, like the Sean Taylor thing last year. For those of you in your audience, I don't know if you guys yeah, talked we'll about it. They just 17. didn't do a good enough job honoring the legacy of Sean Taylor and retiring his number. It was like a mishmash, and because of all the Dan stuff, uh, you know, from the harassment and from the legal end, and because he won't stop suing people uh and because they've made other mistakes and haven't win enough it feels like ron has turned around some things but clearly not enough and like i know you guys hate mike mccarthy or, or not hate hey hey, hey. he's I, our well, best we we have him on every, he, he was just on with us okay. we have him on every friday i shouldn't say you guys i'm saying cowboys fans sorry my bad cowboys <laughs> fans hate mike mccarthy they think he's a fool i i, I think mike mccarthy's fine uh, i think he's a pretty good coach uh I, you know whatever i mean i i'll just say this okay um, Ron, for the first time, is feeling heat around here. Like mm. the heat that Mike gets all the time down there, yeah. Ron is starting to feel the heat from a football perspective because people don't see enough progress. So now now they're starting to lose patience with the overall direction of the franchise on the field along with some of the mishaps off the field. All right, Chris, tell us what we should actually – you have to answer. Yes. What should we actually be afraid of – in this game, and who is your official pick Sunday? Okay. You should be afraid of Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. The threesome there. Uh, okay. If they get untracked, and again, if they can attack the safeties and Trayvon Diggs and get Trayvon maybe a little aggressive, maybe a little overeager, you should be afraid of that because Wentz can make you pay. That's number one, first and foremost. You should not be afraid of their pass rush. You should not be afraid of Washington secondary. It stinks. You should not be afraid of their run defense. They, they're lousy, too. Uh, you should not be afraid of their offensive line or, or special teams. All of it stinks. Outside of the howitzer that Wentz has, if he's given time, and if he gets rid of the ball to one of those three guys, specifically McLaurin and or Jahan Dotson. That's number one. Um, and then my official pick, I don't know where you guys are going, but my official pick uh, that I made on my I haven't made it on the radio show but I made it on the Locked On Commanders podcast which you can listen to and watch and all that stuff. Oh, and wow. it's on the Odyssey app too it boys Stephen A <laughs> I, yeah I got three jobs I just don't make 15 million dollars a year is 21-13 Cowboys so I think the okay. Cowboys cover the number and win the game outright I, I don't think it's a blowout by any means I would be stunned if it's like 35-13 or something like that I mean I stun might be strong but I think the Cowboys win the game by a touchdown maybe a little more we went low scoring Cowboys win before the Eagles game that you all played I was going to pick the Commanders because I didn't think that you know Cooper Rush and right. the offense could score, but that Eagles game just—I mean, it—it it, there's nothing on paper, right? I don't think that says that the Cowboys should lose. Except Wentz is the more talented quarterback. If someone is going to make more QB plays, it should be Wentz. Yeah. But 
He's just so scary. His so decision making is we, terrible. We, we, went, we went Cowboys. I, I don't know how much time one. we have left, but I worry, and you guys can tell me, I worry about all the other like B parts or C parts of the Cowboys hurting the Commanders in this game than say CD Lamb or Micah. you know, or Micah, right? I, not that I'm not worried about those guys. I'm worried about the Noah Browns. I'm worried about Dalton Schultz if he comes back. I'm worried about Gallup if he comes back. I'm worried about like. You know, um, uh, help me out here. Uh, one of those defensive line Pollard guys. Pollard or yeah. Dorrance Armstrong. Oh, 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 Pollard. Armstrong was the kid that I was thinking. Pollard, obviously. That's what I'm worried about, breaking the back of the commanders in this game. Thank you, brother. This was fun. You always keep it real. Enjoy the game and try to survive the season as always. My guys, I'm, I'm so jealous of you that you get an NFL owner that you can talk to every week and an NFL head coach. <laughs> we get none of that around here. So you guys are the best. I love you. Uh, and, uh, you know, e- even though you're Cowboys stinkers and all that stuff. Thank you, Chris. Right, there is Chris Russell. All right, so that is Sean and RJ from 105.3, the fan in Dallas. A little live cross. I think I dominated that segment. I think I talked way too much. I'm sorry. I got all fired up, and the lather just started building. I hope they don't hate me for it. I mean, I've known Sean for – Sean used to work here. Actually, I'm sorry, at 106.7. When we first went all sports – Sean Sharif, who we just talked to, Sean and RJ, who host very popular morning show on the Cowboys flagship 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Again, talk to Mike McCarthy every week. Talk to Jerry Jones every week. Uh, imagine that setup. Imagine that for ratings, guys. Sean used to do weekends and fill in on 106.7 The Fan in 2009 and 2010. Before then, I think he went to Kansas City. I want to say it was Kansas City. And then on to Dallas. I'm pretty sure it was Kansas City. But Sean is from here and grew up a Redskins fan, right? And, you know, I don't know. I I, I mean, listen, guys, I I wish I could sit here and tell you that I felt very confident about Sunday. I know Kevin Sheehan picked them. I think Denton Day picked them as well. Uh, I mean, you just heard my official pick. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna. You know, walk away from that. I, I picked 2113 on the command uh, locked on Commanders podcast. Uh, you know, again, available on Odyssey app, YouTube, all that. 2113. I mean, does that seem reasonable? Does that seem fair? I, I think it does. Like, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I'm just doing it to be a jerk. I wish I could tell you that I'm picking that just because I want to be against. Commander Nation or whatever. But I have to be honest with you. I have to be truthful with you. I have to be, even if I'm wrong. And trust me, listen, I am, I so hope I'm wrong. I so hope I'm wrong at 4.15 on Sunday afternoon. I so hope I'm wrong. I will take it. I will wear it on the chin. You can kick my teeth in. You can harass me. I'll block your asses on Twitter or I'll mute you if you get nasty. I've had to do a bunch of that this week and last week. I so hope I'm wrong, but 21-13 feels about right for me. I don't see how the commanders get it right because, again, for all of you that were infatuated and just on your knees and... Carson Wentz in this offense after game one, I kept telling you, there was a 26-play, 89-yard stretch, three turnovers, a sack, penalties, where they sucked. And, yes, they were great early and great late. But Jacksonville left minimum 11, 
maximum of like 17 points on the board that they easily should have had. This commander's team should be 0-3, guys. They should be 0-3 during the quote-unquote easy part of their schedule or against an easy schedule. I wish I could sit here and tell you I felt confident. I felt great. 21-13 Cowboys is my prick. Is, is, is my pick. <clears throat> Sometimes I can be the word that I just said. 301 If you want to yell at me on Twitter, it's at WrestleMania621. Give me your final pick, prediction, X-Factor, keys, what has to happen. Do you have any faith in Carson Wentz? And here's a question to ponder. If Carson sucks on Sunday... If Carson sucks on Sunday through a quarter pole of the season, what should Ron Rivera and Scott Turner and the commander's organization do? If he sucks, not if they lose, if he sucks, which he has the last six out of eight quarters. What if he sucks? However you define that. 301-230-0980-301-230-0980. We're with you on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, once again, thanks to my guys, Sean and RJ from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Derek Allen at Spacebound 187 says, WrestleMania 61 sounds like he works for the Dallas station and a lifelong DC fan. LOL. Go Dallas. Tell us how you really feel. Well, Sean works for the Dallas station, sang Hail to the Redskins once live on the air to Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones told him he was a moron or something like that. Speaking of morons, it's the end of the month, and my guy, Mr. Matt and me and me and Matt and me and Matt and Matt and me, Matt Essig, has compiled all of our dum-dums of the day, and we are going to have and celebrate and anoint, because this is our last show for September, a moron of the month. That's what we do. We crown the moron of the month after all the dum-dums of the day. That's coming your way right around 1145, plus our Saturday six-pack picks um, I don't have Pete's unless um, unless we can get them uh, early on uh, or before between now and then from our guy Brian Powell. I'm not sure Brian has them. Um, I forgot to ask Pete for them yesterday. My bad. Uh, just too much going on. But anyway, thanks to those guys. Great job, Adam Matt Essig, uh, for setting everything up uh, and everybody on their end, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. If you're looking for great sports talk out of the Big D and Cowboys coverage, uh, you can always check it out on the Odyssey app. Every station that Odyssey owns, operates, available for you and more. Listen to Sean and RJ, 5.30 to 10, Monday through Friday. Again, they have Mike McCarthy on every week, Jerry Jones. Uh, I, I like. I, I get mad when people think Mike McCarthy is some village idiot. People, you suck. You don't know what you think you know. Like, you really don't. You really don't. Like, even you knucklehead nerds on Twitter that break down all the film, you don't know what you think you know. You don't realize how hard it is to make everything look perfect. You don't. All right. How do the commanders beat the Cowboys? Can they? Is it an impossible ask? 
I don't think it's an impossible ask. I mean, I'm picking them again to lose 21-13. That's not an impossible ask. If I came in and said it was, you know, picking them to win uh, 54-20 to like it was last uh, uh, Christmas, that's one thing. It's not an impossible ask. It's Cooper freaking Rush. I think Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than probably most people realize. Hopefully you saw him. He's got better arm strength and better velocity than I thought he did watching him closely last Monday night against the Giants. But the Giants' defense, not an elite defense either. They were missing Leonard Williams. The problem is the commanders are supposed to be an elite defense, and they're anything but. As a matter of fact, they were great for three quarters, ish last week and horrible in the second quarter and part of the reason why they're horrible is because they don't have a sustained pass rush they don't have a consistent pass rush they were obviously thin last week on the defensive line of course everybody knows chase young but still no casey Tuhill, no james smith williams uh no daniel wise jonathan allen was still nursing a groin They were still thin. Montez Sweat is getting doubled. But that, in concert with no William Jackson III, which actually I thought was a victory, a moral victory for the commanders, because I guarantee you the Eagles would have just sliced and diced him. Benjamin St. Juice playing more and playing more outside last week was a victory for the commanders over William Jackson III. We'll see WJ3 this week because for right now, he's healthy for right now. Emphasis on right now. But Kendall Fuller was dreadful last week. But guys, this radio show and this loudmouth yelling at you right now has told you about Kendall Fuller in pockets last year. Remember how Mike Evans blew past him for a huge touchdown in that win against Tampa? I, I remember it. I remember it. Remember against Carolina? In the preseason, how the Panthers scored their one touchdown with their first team offense because Kendall Fuller got lost in coverage in a zone. Remember how he got beat for two touchdowns in Kansas City? Granted, by two six seven guys. Okay. Remember how he got beat by Amon Ross St. Brown like a drum for ARSB's uh, second touchdown of the game? Remember how he gave up a 49-yard pass to Christian Kirk? On uh, week one Sunday in the win, right? You remember all this stuff now, right? And remember how bad he was last week. And we could sit here and talk about how he was in position, how he was this. You know where he wasn't in position? When a really fast dude ran away from him on a crossing route over the middle of the field. He cannot play in zone. Uh, He cannot play in man. The problem is, I don't think Kendall Fuller is great in zone. He is not good in man. He is not great in zone. Right now, he's not even playing above average in zone, which is how they have to play for the most part because they don't have the ability to play man across the board. Because William Jackson III has been in out of the lineup since the second half of last year, because Benjamin St. Juice is still new and learning and basically his rookie year was such a mess, and even though he's the best they've got right now, He's still learning because they've got Rashad Wild Goose who commits a defensive pass interference penalty every other snap. Like Dallas should be able, should be able 
to connect through the passing game. Again, C.D. Lamb, as long as he doesn't drop it, which he did a couple of times on Monday night. But then he caught some tough ones, right, including the touchdown. Unbelievable catch. Unbelievable. Again, Michael Gallup is coming back, guys. Noah Brown. Nobody knew about Noah Brown. Everybody forgot about him. Well, now you know about him. Dalton Schultz likely back. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, the one-two at running back. They've got the kid at Tulsa, the offensive tackle that we keep talking about in space, freight train. I would screen and I would wide run zone to the left side, the, the commanders all game long. All game long. All game long until they can stop it. Because I don't think they can. I don't think they can. What about you? 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. How do the Commanders beat the Cowboys? Will they beat the Cowboys? Do they have any chance of beating the Cowboys? What's your X factor? What does Carson Wentz have to do in this game to restore faith in the Commander faithful? And what if he sucks on Sunday? Then what? What if he sucks on Sunday? And sucks can be however you define it, but you know he sucked last week. What if he sucks on Sunday and there's no marginable improvement? What do you do then? Is it too early? Let's go out to the phone, say hello to Chris and Laurel to get us going here. Uh, just past 1030 on a Friday morning on the Team 980. What's up, Chris? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, Chris. What's going on? Good. Hey, so um, based on the fact that Ron Rivera doesn't understand you have to flow the, throw the challenge flag before the team snaps the ball again. And based on the fact that Del Rio can't seem to figure out where to play who or when, and, uh, and now you've got uh, Turner, who seems to think he should start off the game trying to throw the ball deep, even if Wentz is getting sacked you know, five or six times and fumbling and, and everything else. Um, it doesn't seem like these guys understand the game. So with Wentz, what I don't understand is you would think if you were Wentz, you'd get tired of getting smashed and you'd walk off the field in the first half, maybe after the second series, and you'd grab Turner by the throat and say, quit doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, run the ball, play underneath. So basically the only way I think that Washington can win is if Dallas forfeits. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole. That's it. I mean, uh, Dallas is playing with reckless enthusiasm. Right. Washington is flat. I mean, none of the guys are buying into this, and they may be telling us that they got to play better. Meaning, the players are telling us that, but the players understand what it is. Nobody spoke out against the coaches yet. Uh, you know, everybody talks about how Turner is Norv Turner's son, and he's an offensive genius. You know, meaning the dad. I thought I remembered suffering through his father when he was coaching the Redskins. I thought I suffered through that time well, for the most part. Well, at, to- um, at, at times you at times you did right, and and ultimately well, that's why it didn't work out. Um, it, it's an interesting point. Good call. I appreciate you, Chris. Thank you. Um, back to the calls in a sec. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. If you want to yell at me on Twitter, it's at WrestleMania six two one at WrestleMania six two one. Look. I think they have a better chance of, you know, than, hey, if the Cowboys just don't, you know, whatever. Um, if the Cowboys just quit, roll over, die, whatever, all that stuff. Would I say that they have 
better than a 30% chance? No, not in my mind. Do I think they're going to lose? Yes. Because I think they're not good enough in all three phases and really all four phases, coaching being the fourth phase. I think they're not good enough in all four phases across the board that unless there's a major variance, meaning a major, major improvement in at least one or two of those areas, all four areas, a major improvement, they cannot win games against good teams. Now, terrible teams, we'll see. But there aren't many terrible teams. Everybody thought Jacksonville and Detroit, everybody except for me, thought Jacksonville and Detroit were terrible. I kept telling you all summer long they weren't terrible. They were better than you thought. The Commanders would be 1-1 one one after those two games if they were lucky. Never mind the Eagles, the Cowboys. Now, the Titans might be bordering on terrible. We'll get to that next week. If you can find a way somehow, some way, to get a win this week and to come home 2-2 two and two and play well against Tennessee, you could be 3-2 and two heading to Chicago on Thursday night. We know how dreadful that passing game is. There's a chance that things could dramatically turn around. Dramatically turn around. But in order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, a lot of things have to be fixed. Four areas that right now they are deficient in. Coaching, special teams, defense, offense. Is there another phase of football that I'm forgetting about? Besides maybe, you know, the other check-the-box type stuff like other intangibles, character, dignity, pride. There's not... There isn't an area that I'm forgetting about, all right? When you're subsur when you're su- um what's the word word when you're substandard in offense, defense, special teams and coaching compared to your opponents, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. I mean, it it's just all there is to it. You're going to lose. All right, 301230980, let's get to Stephen Columbia. Here on the Team 980, and then we'll do the trending alert. What's up, Steve? How are you? Hey, Chris. Um, I'm a realist. Uh, there's no chance that this team will win um, against the Cowboys. And, you know, one thing I haven't heard is that this team, the way that they play with uh, backup court- against backup quarterbacks, right. the track record's never too good. I think Zeke and that Pollard guy – are gonna ru- they're going to run it down our throat, and we will have no answer for that. And I'm just wondering. Well, what, well, let, let, me, let me stop you there. That's a great point about the backup quarterbacks, uh, with the exception of 2020 when they actually were good against backup quarterbacks. Remember, they beat Dallas twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and they beat San Francisco and Arizona and the the, the whole Philly situation at the end. They, they were – they were good that year, but for the most part, to your point, they haven't had a lot of success against either backup quarterbacks or, you know what used to be a big bugaboo? The rookie number one overall quarterback <laughs> thing. They used to get carved right. up like a Thanksgiving turkey in those spots. Right, and that's a good point. And my last thing would be, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I don't know if you have about the way that they got their ass kicked last time against the Cowboys. Um, do, are the, do the players have any emotion about that, or has anything been said? Or I mean, they've, Ron, they, has Ron yeah. said anything? I mean, they've talked the talk. Um, they, it's a good question, and it's a great call. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you. They've talked the talk, but there's been no outward signs of emotion. Like, they are not a very 
like emotional team in terms of the 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 public view. It's not like they are fiery and playing with their like we saw Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne the last time they played the Cowboys on the bench in Dallas going at each other's throats. That was about as much emotion as I've seen out of the Commanders organization as you're ever going to see. That was it. I mean, they are n- like if you think Ken like remember what Ken Dorsey did last week for the the Bills offensive coordinator smashing thing. And listen, I'm not saying you have to act like that. But just once, please Ron Rivera, slam your headsets down. Please Go over and scream at somebody and be pointing your fingers and trying to wake somebody's ass up. I think there's too much stoicness. I think there's a lot of complacency. I think there is a very much lack of playing with your hair on fire on this team, in this organization, and I think it always has been that. With limited exception. I think it's always been that. It's not that guys don't work hard. It's not that guys don't try. It's not that guys don't have an effort. What they mostly haven't had is guys that will run through a brick wall. What they mostly haven't had. And 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 that's maybe unfair, but that's just my judge my view from watching every game for 13 plus years now and being at a lot of them and traveling with them. And knowing them and being in the locker room, they do not have guys that seemingly consistently play with their hair on fire, for lack of a better term. All right, time for the trending alert. More of your calls coming up. 301-230-0980. How do the commanders beat the Cowboys? Can they beat the Cowboys? And what do we do if Carson Wentz sucks on Sunday? 301-230-0980 at WrestleMania 621 on the Odyssey app. We are always live and free on said Odyssey app. Now, time for a trending alert. All right, you may not have noticed, but there was NBA preseason action for the locals, the Wizards, in Japan this morning. You heard it on 1580 AM, and the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, punked them 96-87. to uh, Again, in, just in preseason action, James Wiseman was putting on a show. He was 8 of 11 from the floor but dunking all over the place on the Wizards. To lead the Wizards uh, in terms of offense, it was Kyle Kuzma with only, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rui Achimura, rather, uh, who was, of course, originally from Japan with 13 points. 13 points for Rui Achimura. Bradley Beal, 4 of 8 from the field uh, and 9 points on the day. Meanwhile... Tonight, here on the Team 980 for a second night and three, we'll have the Capitals. They're in Detroit. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, John Carlson, Darcy Kemper are going to make their preseason debuts, according to the great Ben Raby. You can hear it here on the Team 980 at 7.30 tonight. We'll have Maryland-Michigan State for you tomorrow afternoon and College Park, big game for the Terps. And Commanders-Cowboys coverage kicks off at 9 on Sunday morning. Game at 1, Doc Walker on the postgame. And we have you covered all day on Sunday and, of course, right here on Russell and Medhurst. And that's what's trending.
always feel like Hulkamania is about to come out of Madison Square Garden. Slapping the biceps, the 24-inch pythons. Pre, I am a real American. When did he switch to that? 86, 87, somewhere in that range. I mean, I just remember being, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-old me. The fink in the middle of the ring with the drop-down MSG iconic microphone. And Hulkamania running wild, baby, against the Iron Sheik, who I would later get to meet, hang out with, be in a Buffalo wing-eating contest in. Not Hulk Hogan. Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and others. Um, that song, Eye of the Tiger, still fire. I, and, of course, Lars Eller fires it up, or they fire it up. Caps Game Entertainment fires it up uh, for Lars when he scores a goal at Capital One Arena. Speaking of the Capitals, we mentioned this during the trending alert. Again, they are here on the Team 980 tonight, uh, as they were Wednesday against Philadelphia in a preseason win. They're in Detroit tonight, and as I mentioned uh, during the trending alert, Ben Raby providing this, Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, John Carlson, and newly acquired Darcy Kemper. Among the vets to make their preseason debut. Joe Snively is well in the lineup uh, as well. So you can listen to the game uh, on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app tonight right here against the Detroit Red Wings. 7.30, puck drop in Detroit. All right. Uh, 301-230-0980. We'll have our Saturday six-pack picks coming up later on next hour, our moron of the month. But let's go right back to the calls. Uh, and I'm going to have a thought that I want to get to on the whole Wentz deal. Uh, and, and I ask this because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be fair, but I'm also trying to be realistic. And, and that is, you know, again, I don't think he's that good. I've said that for years I was anti the trade hard. I softened because I I was hoping I was wrong. And three games does not make a career or a season or whatever. But there are some freaking disturbing trends. So I'll have more on that in a sec. But first, our buddy Roy in Brunswick on the Team 980. What's up, Roy? How are you, pal? Hey, good morning, buddy. How What's are you? What's going on, man? Devin, I uh, want to make a couple points and ask you a, a question related to this coaching staff and see what you think. But Shoot. I agree with the last. I agree with the last caller. I don't think we have much of a chance to beat Dallas um, because, frankly, we're not good against the run, and then we also can't cover. So you're like, okay, well, you're not doing well against the run. We'll stack the box. Well, but you also can't cover, so you can't stack the box because then you're going to get beat over the top. And and it's like, you know, we got wild geese getting burnt out on the field last week. I'm like, well, who is this guy? And that brings me to my question. Um, How is someone that just comes off the street that no one's heard of getting on the field and Danny Johnson and guys like that and and depth uh, corners and safeties or whoever can't get playing time. So they're not improving. And you see other teams, improving their players and and when you're watching like primetime football it's like well this guy's usually a special teams player and now he's out here you know the chiefs had a sixth seventh round pick playing one-on-one coverage against the bills and you know sometimes getting mm-hmm. beat sometimes making plays who have you seen this coaching staff improve since they got here terry came in and was just really good right off the bat chase young 
has been a one-dimensional player and got hurt, so mm-hmm. we'll see there. Mm-hmm. Jamin Davis, in year two, with two linebackers coaching him, is now serviceable to the point where he can see playing time but still hasn't merited his first-round pick. Who have you seen on either side of the ball or special yep. teams this coaching regime improve as a player right. due to their coaching? I think it's a I'd love to find out. fascinating question, and it's a great question. So a couple of names that jump out to me, and I'm not saying I'm absolutely right on this, but – I do think they've helped Cam Sims get better uh, as both a wide receiver limited and as a special teams player. That's number one. Uh, I do believe, I do believe that guys like John Bates, who they drafted fourth round, uh, has developed nicely. Now, he's not, again, not perfect, maybe a little stone hands, but he's a good uh, blocker, especially run blocker, all that. Even though Antonio Gibson has had fumble issues, I do believe they've done a good overall job with him for many reasons. And I think the last two-plus years are uh, an example of that. And, and, and again, we, the fumbling issues are terrible. But Antonio Gibson has done a lot of more good than bad. Um, I do believe... I do believe that you mentioned Jameis. Uh, Jameis. I was thinking about Jameis Winston. Uh, Jamin. I, I do believe Cole Holcomb has gotten slightly better, but not appreciably better, if that makes sense. Cameron Curl is probably the number one example. Seventh-round pick, Arkansas, yes. Former free safety corner in Fayetteville. You know, So you know he could run, you know he could cover, but... Nobody thought that Cameron Curl would be the versatile switchblade, switch you know blade knife weapon that he's been. Now, is he perfect? No, of course not. But that is the most notable example. Other than that, you look around and you say, "All right, well, this guy hasn't really gotten better, or this guy's gotten worse." To your point, I I, I mean, they haven't done a great job of development. Period. I mean, when you put out Rashad Wild Goose last week, playing in his first NFL game. And he, they immediately pick on him, and he gets two defensive pass interference pass. I mean, like, okay, some of that is to be expected. Some of that is going to happen. But it always seems that players around here are not ready to, and prepared to ex, um, accelerate their path, if you will. Maybe with the notable exception of Antonio Gibson and Cameron Curl, which, again, you got to give this ca- staff credit. A guy like Sadiq Charles is just like, ah, okay, he's just there, you know, whatever. So I know I'm, I'm all over the place here. I'm giving examples, positive, minus, whatever. But that's how I see it. I can't say they haven't developed nobody. I can't say that nobody has improved. That's unfair. But has it been enough? No. And why, why, why they made the decision to go with Rashad Wild Goose and some other Tariq Castro Fields over Milo, um, not Milo Weifler, um, uh, Corn Elder and Danny Johnson, who I know had a rough preseason. I got it. Why they made that decision, I still don't know. I still don't know. I still don't know. Appreciate you, as always. I. You know, that's the best I can do. I mean, has Dax Milne gotten appreciably appreciably better? The field goal kicking situation was an absolute disaster. And still is. I guess Jeremy Reeves has gotten better. Daniel Wise has gotten better. James Smith-Williams has developed to being, you know, a decent piece. Casey Tuhill. Listen, it's not all bad for the staff. That would be unfair. That would be unfair. 
But there are many that have improved or have been better or have accelerated them their career, and many who have not. Some who have regressed. And we don't know yet if a guy like Deron Payne, who's having a monster year so far this year, is that coaching and development? Or is that because he's a free agent and he wants to make a boatload of money? We don't know that yet. But there are some good examples, to be fair to them. 301-230-0980, My thoughts on Carson Wentz. What if he sucks? What do you do? Coming straight up, along with yours, 301-230-0980, at WrestleMania 621, always live on the free Odyssey app and right here on the Team 980.